Hey, Granville Youth. Welcome back to our podcast in Lent, 40 Days with Jesus. Here we are. It's uh, Easter Saturday, April 11th, as I'm recording this. And uh, it's our second to last podcast in the series. Today I'm looking at Mark chapter 15. It's all about the death and burial of Jesus. So it's a somber passage, and it's one that I want to invite you to reflect on. I want to help this podcast be a a reflection. So you could stop and read the passage, or you could just listen and, and read it later. I just want you to help you get into the story. So here we go. We're going to get into it. All right, as we open in Mark chapter 15, we remember that Jesus and his disciples have been on a journey, the blind disciples who have not been getting it, and we find ourselves here at this uh, dark um, place. It's after the Last Supper. It's after Jesus has been arrested. And it opens in an ugly scene, an ugly scene of betrayal and injustice. Jesus is before Pilate. Uh, He's before the chief priests. This king of love and peace and mercy is being falsely accused by people blinded by hate. And so it, uh, it goes on a little bit and it talks about how they had this custom at the Passover feast where they do, the Jews could ask the Roman governor to release one of their prisoners. And so out uh, in front of them is like this one final betrayal of Jesus. They parade out this man called Barabbas which literally means in Hebrew, Bar is son, Abbas, father. So this man called son of the father, who the scripture says has been a murderer. There was some kind of insurrection uprising and Barabbas has been a murderer. And so uh, the chief priests, they stir up the crowds for the release of Barabbas. He's this murdering son of the father is released so that the loving son of the actual father, Jesus, can be killed. It's almost comedic if it wasn't so sad and so dark. And in the middle of this, ironically, it's Pilate, the the Roman governor, begging almost the crowd to see how illogical they're being, to see how unjust they're being about their decision. But ultimately, he gives over to their decision and uh, he releases Barabbas to them and he has Jesus flogged and handed over to the soldiers to be crucified. So we come to verse 16 to 20, and my Bible just says the soldiers mock Jesus. So what caught my eye this morning is that it's this whole company of soldiers called together. So imagine a big, tough crowd of big, muscly men bent on cruelty with weapons in their hands and a sneer on their face. It's it's horrible. It's embarrassing. It's painful. Jesus has been flogged, so physically it's painful. He's bleeding. Uh, His skin has been torn open by lashes of whips. Uh, Mel Gibson's movie, uh, The Passion of the Christ, really graphically portrays that. And it's so physically, it's brutal. Uh, Emotionally, it says it's painful. Jesus is dressed up in a purple robe. They give him this fake worship, all these big tough guys bowing down, mocking him, hitting him, spitting him. It's really inhumane. And in a way, I think it's a reflection on the beastly behavior we as humans are capable of. 
From there, we move to verse 21 to 32, which is actually the crucifixion. Uh, the Bible starts off and says it's uh, the ninth hour when this happens. Sorry, the third hour, which in their way of telling time is 9 a.m. So it's 9 a.m. in the morning when this uh, crucifixion is happening. So again, there's this physical element. Mark just says they crucified him. So we know from the other Gospels that what that means. He was laid on a wooden cross. Nails were driven through his wrists and through his feet. And the cross was stood up in place. So there he is in physical pain. And yet the emotional pain continues. Verse 29 talks about the insults of those passing by, shaking their heads and saying, so you who were going to destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, if you are who you say you are, come down from the cross and save yourself. It's like they're taunting him, uh, almost like Satan did in the wilderness. If you are the Christ, you said you could save others. So save yourself, prove yourself, show us a sign. It's been echoing all through the Gospels, this taunting. And verse 32 says, even the other crucified robbers nailed to their own cross are heaping insults on him. So it's both physically and emotionally uh, shameful. We have to know that Mark, the writer here, is actually writing some years later to a discouraged and shamed suffering group of Christians in the city of Rome, far away from the events that happened maybe 30 years earlier. So those Christians, they've been treated in ways like this, and they need to know that their Savior Jesus can relate to their pain, which brings my mind ahead to today. Jesus knows the pain we are going through collectively, the injustice of the world, the COVID-19. We move on to verse 33 to 41, where it's actually the death of Jesus. So there's this strange darkness that came over the land from the sixth hour to the ninth hour. I looked it up. It's from noon to 3 p.m. So in the brightest part of midday, it's dark. So it's this unearthly, strange darkness. We don't know why or, or what happened, but it just says that's what happened. And then in verse 34, it gets interesting. Jesus in a loud voice, it says, cried out, Aloy, Aloy, lama sabachthani, which apparently is the Aramaic language that Jesus would have spoken. So this is a direct quote that's been written down and recorded. And it means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Those are significant words. So yes, it's a direct quote from Jesus, but it's also a direct quote from Psalm 22. So likely Jesus in his own agony is praying and saying words that come to his heart. And he turns to verse um, 1 of Psalm 22, which apparently this psalm is the most quoted in all of the New Testament. I didn't know that. So in quoting that one verse, he's likely filling it with the meaning of the whole psalm. So I'm just going to turn for a moment. This is his own podcast, but I just, I have to turn there. And it, verse one says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me? So far from the words of my groaning. So it's this, it's this statement of suffering. And David had written these words when he was suffering under persecution from people surrounding him. In verse 14, it says, I am poured out like water. All my, bo my bones are out of joint. 
verse 16. Dogs have surrounded me. A band of evil men have encircled me. They have pierced my hands and my feet. I can count all my bones. They divide my garments among them and cast lots for my clothing. It's stunning. It's such a clear picture of what the cross would be for Jesus, written uh, centuries before by King David. Verse 21, rescue me from the mouths of lions. So this is just Jesus crying out. But in, in the Psalms, as it always does, it turns. In verse 22, I will declare your name to my brothers, to the Jewish nation. In the congregation, I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. It's this word of incredible determination in the midst of incredible suffering. Verse 25, from from you comes the theme of my praise in the great assembly. Before those who fear you, I will fulfill my vows. The poor will eat and be satisfied. They who seek the Lord will praise him. I love this. It's like, I wonder if all of those words were flooding Jesus's mind as he hung there dying on the cross. So turn back to Mark. We see him hanging there. And in verse 37, it says, Jesus breathed his last with a loud cry. We see the temple curtain is torn. And then in verse 38, 39, the Roman centurion who was standing there is clearly sobered and says, surely this man was the son of God. So maybe that day he became a believer. If you're looking for a great movie this weekend, watch Risen on Netflix. It's uh, the crucifixion from the, from the perspective of the Roman centurion who led the crucifixion. Amazing movie. I'm going to watch it again this weekend. Verse 40 and 41, we can't miss this. There's, it says some women were there as witnesses to the crucifixion. They stayed faithful to the end with Jesus while all the disciples had scattered. Finishing up verse 42 to 47. It's the actual burial of Jesus. It says it was the preparation day just before the Sabbath. So this is Friday afternoon before sundown when the Jewish Sabbath began. A rich man named Joseph of Arimathea uh, approaches Pilate and asks for the body of Jesus. Joseph would have been a wealthy man with a big reputation, a member, it says, of the Jewish ruling council. So he had a lot to risk by uh, putting his reputation on the line before Pilate and before the other Jews to side with this accused Jesus. Pilate could have accused Joseph of being connected to this traitor. But Joseph takes that risk. He wants to honor the body of Jesus with a proper burial. The other gospel says he buries him in his own family tomb. And again, there's these women there who see it all. Uh, two women named Mary and a woman named Salome. So these events really happened. Eyewitnesses were there. Jesus really died. That's important. His body was buried, it was wrapped, and a heavy stone was rolled to seal the tomb. You need to read this and know this because there's so many controversies out there that says, well, maybe he didn't die. No, the record is straight. He died. This was a real weekend in time where the real Jesus, the Savior of the world, the Son of God himself, who had authored creation, laid dead in a tomb. I thought about that this morning on this Easter Saturday as I was out for a run and a bit of a reflection at 6.30. The presence of love, this Jesus himself, 
he, when he came into our world, it's like we were so blind, we were so full of anger and hate that we couldn't see that he was the God of love standing right before us. So on this Saturday morning, I want to invite you to contemplate this question, if you're willing. Read it again. Contemplate the pain and the shame Jesus went through because of love for you and me. Just let that sink in and just spend some time with it. And once you do that, I invite you to pray this prayer. Uh, again, if you're willing, pray a prayer very personally that brings your shame, your pain to the feet of Jesus. Know that he's the Savior who can relate. He went through it. We read that on these pages. So in this Easter 2020, the world is on a quiet, humble pause, pinned down because of COVID-19. It's an opportunity, folks. Take some time to be quiet today before Jesus, who willingly, courageously walked the painful way of the cross for you and for the whole world. God.